Hello everyone, this is Terrell Cummings and this is episode 2 of the Always Relevant Podcast. Um, Just going over a few topics today, really just going over my sports weekend, which we'll get into that later. It was terrible, but we'll discuss a little bit further. Um, The state of California passing legislation as far as college athletes being able to profit from their own name, image, likeness, and that's going to begin in 2023. Um, the Vontez suspension for the rest of the year by the NFL due to uh, his helmet-to-helmet hit that took place last weekend. And then also cutting the cord on cable and finding possible alternatives. Uh, I'm sure it's a topic that everybody uh, has gone through or has discussed or thought about. So I'd like to discuss a little bit further with you. So look forward to this episode. Um, For a portion of this episode, we will have a guest host, uh, DJ Dennis Weeby. So it'll be good hearing his his feedback and opinions on a couple of these topics. So look forward to everything and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. It's Terrell Cummings. Welcome back to episode two of the Always Relevant podcast. Um, got a uh, guest host today, uh, DJ Weeby. He is one of my good friends. Went to Hanover College. I guess we technically didn't go to Hanover together. We we're there for like a semester. But I don't know how much we talked to each other during that <laughs> semester, but got to know each other over the years. Realized we're from a similar area, right around Dayton, Ohio, and you know, started hanging out more and got to know each other a little bit better and became better friends. So, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Great day. Woke up, finally feels like uh, fall football here, 50 degrees, sun's out, leaves turning, Yeah. threw on some pregame music, just felt right, get the day started. <laughs> no doubt, man. I was definitely over those 95, feeling like 102 degree days, so yeah. I hope that summer's finally over. I know everybody likes summer, they like uh, you know getting their tan and everything, but I'm 100% cool with it being football weather. You don't like uh, summer when you're throwing the helmet on and the pads. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm extra retired from that, so luckily I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so, but no, man, thanks for coming out, man. I appreciate it, and um, yeah, good to see you. It's been a while, and um, you know, let's kind of let's kind of get into everything. I know uh, typically on on our podcast here, I ask, you know, how are you, and or question that my friend uh, Charles McBee from his. Uh, his podcast, Black Twitter Talk, he always asks his guest, how are you and how are you really? So I'll go ahead and ask myself that first, that you can kind of get a feel for what it is. So how am I? You know, just like last week, I'm doing all right. Um, no real complaints. You know, just same old, same old day in, day out. Like I'm good to go. And how am I really? Ultimately, up and down. But I'm good overall. Uh, my son's birthday was this week, so he excited about that. Having a birthday party for him, and um, got up this morning. You know, been doing yoga, mm-hmm. so trying to <laughs> trying to do what it takes to feel more refreshed. Hashtag big du- big dudes do yoga too. Remember <laughs> that. So um, I know people hear that I do yoga, and they gave me like this crazy look, like you really do yoga. And so yes, I really do yoga. So yeah. can I do all the poses perfectly? No, but. I'm getting better at it, so that's all I can say. So overall, like I said, no complaints. Um, if I had something to complain about, I probably wouldn't complain too much about it because I'm not one to hear complaints anyway. So so now I'm going to throw it to you, man. 
how are you and, and how are you really? Feeling good, great. Um, I wasn't joking earlier, waking up this morning, Chris Fair and the football season, uh, as much as, you know, I like football, but uh, it felt like it's back finally. Weather broke. Right. Put on some uh, Pantera walk this morning, just like pregame back in college. Before you go out, <laughs> that, that that was what you did. That yeah, wasn't, that wasn't what we did, man. So I'll, I'll let you keep that one. Yeah, it just felt right. It just feels like a good day, and I'm happy. Uh, everybody out there at every level, uh, contributing, uh, or that played in the past, gets to uh, still you know watch everything. So I'm right. feeling real real great this week, this today more than any. No, uh, that's good, man. That's good. Um, no, man, let's 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 get moving. And like I said, I usually get into everything as far as my uh, my sports weekend. So I know for me this past weekend, you know, it was rough. Lots of lots of my teams were taking L's. So wow. you get into it, you know, West Carrollton, you know, they lost to Tippecanoe fifty seven thirty four. I know it was a rough one for two and a half, three quarters, and then they're you know, they're making you know, scored some points late. So obviously they did, they didn't give up, so I'm glad about that. But you know, I know they have a, a ways to go, and hopefully they can block out the noise and keep working hard and stick together and don't get too discouraged and, you know, just keep keep working hard and do what they can. So I know there's all, all people out there that like to talk trash and older alumni and everything. I've heard it, mm-hmm. and I just hope they don't listen to it. I hope they stick to it and keep working hard. So, um, Velbert took a loss also, my team. <laughs> On Thursday night, but um, you know, can't win them all. As long as they play hard and they show up and they come out the next time, we're good. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of like all you can ask is that you know, hopefully learn from their mistakes that they made and you know try to apply those apply it better the next time around. So, looking at Hanover College, I didn't look too much into the game, but I saw that they beat Bluffton twenty-eight to ten. You know, not gonna lie, we both went to Hanover. They should beat Bluffton. They yep. should always beat Bluffton. There's no reason for them not to beat Bluffton. And it was like that 15, 20 years ago. It seems like it's been the case and it's still the case now. I don't think it's going to change going forward. So good for them. Big up to Coach Theo. Um, looks like he hasn't turned around going in the right direction. Hopefully they can repeat as HCAC champs. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, Michigan, they um, they beat Rutgers 52 nothing. They should beat Rutgers by that score. You know, Rutgers kind of soft this year. Michigan is definitely soft for this year. So I always worry when they go in the different games. I don't know what te- what Michigan team's going to show up. Um, they won like they should have, but I still think their offensive line soft. I still think their quarterback play is inconsistent and down, and they should probably start a different quarterback besides Shea Patterson. And I believe that they don't have enough athletes on defense to do what they want to do. So. That is a recipe for disaster. Coach Harbaugh should probably be on the hot seat, but I don't know a future coach that's out there that Michigan could hire going forward. There's no one that stands out to me. I could be wrong. There's probably some hotshot coordinator at some directional school that I'm not paying attention to, but I haven't seen it yet. So as of right now, I'm in the Harbaugh boat. He just needs to recruit better, coach him up better, and they need to, to take the coaching and apply it. Absolutely. I can't wait for Ohio State, since I'm not on your team here, to play the JV team at Michigan because um, definitely see some weaknesses there that you already uh, focused on that uh, 
are glaring in my mind, but I don't know. Again, maybe just being on the other side, I say that. Right, right. So, yeah, it, that, that game worries me. You know, I'm just worried about this next game up against Iowa. You know, I was ranked, I think, 14 in the country. They're undefeated. I think it's a must-win game for Michigan because if they lose that game, they could very well be 500, you know, for the season or just average, you know, only get like seven wins or something for the season. And at this point, Michigan, they brought in Harbaugh to – take to the next level and be elite, and they have not been that. So that's something that has to change. And speaking of not elite at all, the Cincinnati Bengals took a serious L to the Steelers, 27-3. Bengals scored first, kicked a field goal. I'm like, okay, they can come back down and score again. And then after that, just steadily got dominated by the Steelers. The offensive line looked terrible. Dalton looked terrible. Obviously, it was prime time. He never plays well in prime time, and it showed again, especially in Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh came out and did what they've done to the Bengals over the last 10 years. So, probably more, but I'm going to leave it at 10 years. So, this team we can agree on, both Bengals fans. But, um, as you said, the Dalton thing, I'm still the guy that won't pick on him yet. That offensive line gave up eight sacks. I mean, I guess he could elude linebackers, but when your coverage is you can make one read or get sacked, that's going to affect any quarterback. And, and and that's one thing I do agree with you there. I know everybody's like, get Dalton out of there and everything. And I'm like, he can't do anything if he doesn't get the blocking. You know, he he is, to me, he's an average quarterback, but he needs to have a good offensive line in front of him for him to produce. He's not like an Aaron Rodgers that can deal with a, a below-par offensive line and elevate the whole team to the next level, even though he has that glaring weakness in front of him. So yeah. that's the big issue. It is the offensive line. Maybe the defense will play better if offense could sustain drives and keep them off the field. I don't know. But the Steelers are going up and down the field on them, like not even throwing the ball down the field, just little dink and dunk passes, playing it safe for Mason Rudolph. And, you know, they still went down and scored and, and pretty much dominated the game. So Absolutely. Take care of the big man up front. Right. That, that's true. So hopefully they can do a little bit better against Arizona this weekend. I have a feeling it's going to be a shootout. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. And speaking of everything like that, my fantasy squads, I did take some losses. I lost in the, my regular PPR league by one point, so that's rough. So I think I'm 2-2 two and two in that. Um, my FanDuel league, I didn't get top three, but I'm still at the top of the overall standing, so I'm cool with that. And in a separate FanDuel play, I did win $25. So at least I'm up money-wise. So that's a, that's a plus, I think, at least – Two of the four weeks or three of the four weeks this year, I have won money in FanDuel. So that's, that's a win. Hundred percent. So all right. Next topic we're gonna to talk about is there is a the state of California passed a bill signed by the governor. I guess they're calling it the pay-to-play bill. I don't know if that's really a good name for it or not. But it is a bill to where um, college athletes uh, in, in the state of California can profit from their own name, image, and likeness. They can hire agents, and they can earn money on endorsement deals. So um, they don't get – they will not be – the schools will not be required to pay the athletes money or anything like that. But the schools also are not able to um, punish the athletes or ban the athletes 
uh, simply for the fact that they are earn money, earning money on their name or their likeness or receive endorsements. So I know everybody's kind of talking about it, can see both sides of how this could go completely, completely wrong as far as amateurism in sports. Mm-hmm. But I think amateurism in sports has kind of gone out the window. And uh, the NCAA, who likes to keep a, as tight of a hold as they can on their, I guess, program, on their athletes, um, on their money and economic system that they have in place right now, um, they don't like this at all. But it's something that has taken place. It's been signed in California. The bill is, or similar bills are being written or are already going into play in at least 12 different states as far as doing that. So it's coming. NCAA sees it coming. They want to stop it, but there's not a way they can stop it on the state level. Um, unless they're just going to ban those schools from the NCAA. That, that's the only thing that I think they could do besides allowing those paid athletes to be in their system. Yeah, uh, banning those schools, uh, just the state of California alone, Banning those schools would cannibalize, in my mind, the NCAA there. So I think they're on their heels a little bit here. Now, what they will do, need to do, I'm a big proponent of capitalism, which is what this is, but they're going to regulate this in some way. You can right. do it, but you can do it so far, or they're going to get a piece of it. I just can't imagine the NCAA letting their hand off of it that much. Right. And I know that Ohio State's athletic director mentioned you know, the state of California does that. There's no way that Ohio State is going to schedule any games with schools from the state of California because they're they wouldn't be in the NSA or they don't follow NSA rules, and there's no way they can do they can go up against them as far as that. Now, I do know that uh, Representative Anthony I think Anthony Gonzalez uh, out of Ohio. He played football at Ohio State mm-hmm. a few years back. He was all all Big Ten receiver, played in the NFL for five years. He is trying. He wants to put into play, or wants to put together, a federal bill that would basically um, have something similar, but it would be a federal bill that would be for all states in the United States, as far as that. So, I'm, I know the NCAA they prefer that, probably because it's going to be it'll be easier for them to regulate, um, regulate based on the one federal law versus fifty different state laws. Uh, yeah, it, uh, if you think about it, unbelievably. Every state developing their own law as much as we encourage it. The recruiting aspect, let's just think of the athleticism. I wouldn't want to play California either. They're going to pull a lot of athletes if they're getting money on it. Right. right? Um, now each state says, well, you can do this, you can do this. Man, when it comes down to athletic in those colleges, based on what they can and can't do state by state, recruitment will shift. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. And that's, that's the one thing that Anthony Gonzalez did say. He said that, you know, it's if it's kept by state-by-state state law, that different states can gain different recruiting advantages based on the kind of law or what's written in place. And it would give under, unfair advantages to different schools. So, you know, it's, it's tough to do that. And plus, he wants to have the regulations in place so it would help protect the players as well because he knows that not everybody's going to have the players' best interests at heart. Even though the players will be able to be compensated one way or another, I'm sure there's some shady characters out there that will figure out a way to manipulate the system, manipulate the athletes, be able to get something out of those athletes um, and kind of just be shaded them on that end. So I'm sure there's those different things that are being thought of right now yep. as far as that. Anytime money's changing hands, um, needs to be watched at least. Not watched, I'm not saying that, but uh, 
look at everything, make sure people are protected and it's not getting a little out of control. Right, right. Now, one thing that um, that everybody is saying is there's a lot of people that are up in arms about this about this particular bill. A lot of people saying that these athletes come in and they're getting full academics or not full academics, but they're getting full scholarships to come out and play, and that should be enough. And a lot of these schools cost thirty thousand dollars a year to go to, mm-hmm. and a lot of the students in those institutions do not get that. So the athletes should be happy with the education that's being provided for them. Now, the one main difference is a lot of those athletes, at least in the large sports that's bringing in, the large revenue sports, so I'm thinking football and basketball, mm-hmm. they don't get to see a piece of the pie of what's what they're bringing in. The pro- they're part of the product they're bringing in, and the school, the athletic department, they're making millions of dollars on this. The NCAA is making millions of dollars on them. Specifically, so I mean, I can probably give specific examples of singular athletes that have probably helped rebuild a stadium and rebuild a particular like weight room or whatever. You think of like Johnny Manziel in Texas A and M. How often were you thinking about Texas A and M before Johnny Football got there? Uh-huh. Yeah, he gets there, he comes out, he does what he does. He has his little symbols, you know, his money making symbol. He's Johnny Football. Whoever mm-hmm. gave him name Johnny Football. Bunch of Johnny Football T-shirts out there. Every, everybody's wearing them, every parent, every kid, every student. Johnny football jerseys, number two jerseys everywhere. I don't know how many millions of dollars he brought in, but I know after he left, there was an expansion to their stadium, and they had a like an updated workout facility. Absolutely. And I guarantee you that that was single-handedly because of what he brought to the table. And he saw no money. Well, he saw no money that everybody could see. I'm sure that behind the scenes he got something because that's just how it is. Boosters yes. try to take care of him. But that's probably still a fraction of what he probably deserved as, as far as money and revenue that he brought in to that school. And going back to your first point, you know, they're getting paid by their education uh, is the, the rule right now in their minds. Well, I hate to take devil's advocate, but... What about the athletes, the great ones that don't stay four years and don't get that degree in education? Because in the real world that we're in, without that, you know, degree, the three letters, whatever you may be going for after your name, if athletics to say a terrible injury or it just doesn't work out, you're back to not getting your school paid for and finishing. Or it just puts you in a path. Now, you're making them all the money, but... Yeah, the sixty thousand. If you go two years and then join, really, you know, is that really apples to apples? Is my way to put it. Right. No, and that's understandable. And and then also, you know, on the other side of it, or on this, I guess the same side, other side of it, schools they don't give like football players four year scholarships. No, it doesn't happen. So like they bring in these big recruiting classes, and they offer them a one year renewable scholarship that can be renewed. For four years. Absolutely. So if they come in and they are good and they look like they have promise, they're going to give them another scholarship the next year. But if they come in and there's a little more hype than what's really there and they have someone else that comes in that next year that can take their spot, they will pull their scholarship and they will give it to maybe one of those walk-ons that have been there that they were on the cusp, give it to the walk-on. I mean, that person without a scholarship, they say, hey, you can stay in school or whatever, but you're no longer on athletic scholarship here. And we're going to worry about the next class that's coming in. So it's kind of ruthless it when is. you think about it. 
But everybody wants to talk about, well, it's a free education, blah, blah, blah. It's a free education if you produce. If you don't produce and you're not helping with wins and you're not contributing to the money-making machine, then you do not matter to our program is basically what they're saying. Now, some programs, I think, they're not necessarily quite that ruthless, but a lot of them, a lot of the top programs, 100% are. Absolutely. And all the power is on the teams and the NCAA side as far as that. Whatever level you're on in these programs, uh, if you don't think you're showing up to make the team every year, whether you're the best or not, I mean, you're an injury or a, a slip away from getting set back pretty far for the time, effort, and everything you've committed. So right. um, you have to be taken care of. And this is, uh, I think, a promising way to level out the playing field a little bit. Right, right. Now, I do understand what, like, Representative Gonzalez is saying as far as making, you know, having, like, a federal law in place. I know he's talked with the athletic director from Ohio State, Gene Smith, about everything, and he's willing to wait to try to put that into play on the federal side until after Gene Smith, because Gene Smith's on the, I guess, the NCAA regulatory committee for this particular issue, so he wants to speak with his committee about everything and come back and give recommendations. So Anthony Gonzalez said he's definitely willing to wait for them, wait to hear their recommendations before he goes forward and pushing this towards, you know, towards Congress. So I'm interested to see kind of where it goes. I mean, obviously it's happening at least on the state level. Mm -hmm. It's already happened in California. A lot of other states see it. They believe it. You know, they're going to, they're going to follow suit quickly. The NCAA has till 2023 basically to figure out something, but they probably want to figure out something faster than that because they like having the control of their organization. And it's basically like a monopoly. No one's called a monopoly. It's pretty much a monopoly. It is a monopoly. You know, if you look at the definition of it, these are it is a definition of a monopoly. So that that's one aspect as far as that. Another one is, you know, what if, say, I heard something about the Power Five conferences actually have the leverage because, you know, if these different states have these laws, or these rules in place, the Power Five Conference will be like, well, that's fine. We'll we'll buy by these rules and everything, but you know, we'll just you know, make make our own entity, make our own designation. We don't need the NCAA. You know, we can do that. We can have everything within our state. The states can do what they do, recruit how they recruit or whatever. I'm sure they'll have some kind of parameters in place, but they can do that and then the NCAA is left out of it. And that's what that's one thing the NCAA to me is probably worried about because you know, that's a big money-making machine. Those Power Five conferences, they're stronger and stronger every year. They have their media deals, their media-sharing deals, their profit-sharing deals for the conference itself. And, you know, they're like, well, if we have to, you know, we can we can leverage this and do making it better for us as for the conferences themselves. So it's interesting to see how it's going to go. Absolutely. And California is one of those states that uh, being the first to make the move is uh, a bigger threat, and I'm not saying one state better than another, but when it comes to athletic sports and some of the large universities, they're one make a move, power five follow, and that kind of gets back to, mm. it's on the table. I don't believe it should be rushed, because it could get really slippery, Right, right. the monopoly sounds like it's breaking a little bit there. Yeah, it kind of does. It kind of does. So, I think the NCAA, they're definitely going to have to, uh, they're going to have to compromise, they're going to have to give in order to keep everything for them in the big picture, to keep the kind of control that they have. They're going to lose some of it for sure. Um, but, you know, they're, 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 they they don't want to lose everything. And so they want to keep everything in play if possible. What do you think the NFL feels about this? They, uh, they're they sitting there and they're kind of, you want to make the NFL because of all these things. I see two sides to it. 
You're like, great, now they'll know all the mistakes before they get to us, right? Right, and right. They, they kind of are in a better line, which I think is very educational. If you're on that level to make it to a professional level, you're going to deal with this at some point. You're right. absolutely going to. Right. It's very educating to know if we, were going, we go with our business degrees into the workplace, knowing what it is, but our experience in the workplace grows us further. They're kind of getting that. It's almost like an internship of dealing with agents and things. That's true. That's uh, true. On the other side, the NFL is like, hey, we're the money. You or any of the major sports, MLB, we're the money. You're the uh, get them ready. I, I don't know that I made a decision on it, whether this is getting them more ready for NFL, other major conferences, or if it's more of uh, a hindrance, a, a void. Right, right. No, I can see it both ways. And I see, I probably see the NBA looking at something similar. I mean, obviously they have the, it's different for basketball because right now you have to be, you have to either go to school for a year or be out of high school or be, I guess, over the age of 18 for a particular year before going into the NBA. In NFL, they have to wait three years before they're able to come out um, and uh, be eligible for the NFL draft. So there's basically required time that kids have to spend either out of high school or in college before so or Europe or Europe or whatever if I mean like I said that those there's more options out there for basketball players and football players football mm-hmm. players they know that they're going to be going to school mm-hmm. typically in an NCAA school if they want to reach their dream of going to the NFL so it's now a professional internship learning the ways of the world <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. So, and maybe some of these kids that are out there, you know, if they do make make their money endorsements and likeness and agents and all that stuff, hopefully they get caught up with the right people, Absolutely. and have a good team around them because you know people will see the money coming in and they will want a piece of it, and that is just a byproduct of of this as well. As as much good as there is, they can out there and a lot of kids that are in difficult, unfortunate situations can help their families. There's probably a lot of people coming in looking for handouts too. And some maybe try to take advantage of these kids. So that's just the the devil's advocate side of that the, that part of it that we're not even getting to yet. Right now we're just talking about how the NCAA is going to be reacting to these different bills. So that there is that trickle down effect as far as absolutely that. It's slippery slope. Uh, we, I mean, we can all think of numerous times in professional sports that agents, things, decisions were very terribly made, and the athlete was affected for it. Right. Hopefully there is, you know, that regulation and CAA buys into this. So it is a big, powerful organization that you do want them on your side. Right, right. No, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I'm looking forward to, to see what, uh, what happens with uh, Anthony Gonzalez and the bill that he puts out and you know, kind of see how, how the chips may fall. I'm sure we're going to be seeing, um, seeing the results of what's happening in the upcoming week. So I'm sure we'll have this uh, topic of discussion again coming up soon. So, hey, we want to hear your opinion on it. If you want to give it, feel free. Um, you can go out there um, and leave a voicemail, leave questions, leave comments, and we look forward to, to hearing that. Last note, notice it's Anthony Gonzalez, Ohio State Buckeye, nobody from Michigan. So it's probably going to work out pretty good. Yeah, no comment on that. We'll just let that ride. This past weekend, the NFL suspended Vontez Perfect for the rest of the season due to a helmet-to-helmet hit. 
now and for the rest of the season unpaid and everything. So I know overall it's probably not for the hit itself, even though it was by the rule of the law of the NFL nowadays. It wasn't a legal hit. It was on I think it was Jack Doyle from the Colts. Came across the middle, caught a ball before he even took one step. Mm-hmm. Perfect basically launched himself in the air, helmet first, hit Jack Doyle in the helmet with the crown of his helmet. So mm-hmm. by rule of the law, that is targeting, that's an illegal hit. Refer- and then basically because of that, I, I guess he got ejected from the game for it, didn't he? Yeah, good. So he got ejected from the game, and when he left the game, he didn't really show any remorse. He was blowing kisses to the fans. He was smiling or whatever. So I don't know if that played a part into it or not, but I know that this has been an issue previously for Burfecht. Um, and that that's what I think went into the suspension, basically the fact that they've gone through this before. They told him basically – You've done this multiple times. We told you you need to change the way that you tackle and the way you hit people, and you don't seem to do it. You don't seem to get it. Every time we end up here at a suspension or at a point where we have to suspend you and you're not learning from your mistakes or from your previous um, fines. It's just like our judicial system. Uh, Burbank has priors. Put it that way. Right. Um, I love it. Uh, Don't love it. That's a terrible way to say it, but... Being a former defensive strong safety, I don't want anything malicious to happen, which he has teetered that line a few times. But, I mean, linebackers are meant to own the middle of the field and and bring a little bit of presence there that you don't come through their territory. He takes it to a whole new level. And football is definitely changing. Back in the day, I don't think the Dick Buckuses and things would have taken it any easier on anybody else coming through that middle. Right. No, no, and, and, and that is definitely understandable. I know that that is the middle of the field. That's his, his territory and everything. And I do think on the, some of those previous fines and maybe previous suspensions that he was kind of being sought out by the NFL. He was kind of, uh, kind of targeted by the NFL and maybe got unfairly suspended or unfairly fined for certain things that other people, other players, they may have just turned a blind eye to. So the light was definitely enhanced more on him. But all the more he mean he knew that that light was shining on him, especially playing for the Raiders, who's typically always yeah. a higher penalty-driven team. That's uh-huh. just what they are. So, like, everybody's been watching them as far as that. And, you know, he kind of knew the situation. Now, some players, they have a switch. They turn it on, you know, off the field. They're model citizens on the field. They complete animals and they do Absolutely. whatever they want. So, I don't know if that's the case with him. I'm not around him. I haven't seen it. That could, you know, there could be some people like that. You know, super nice in real life, but they get on the field and they are, you know, the play to the echo of the whistle, borderline dirty, kind of players like hard nosed players, and that may be what he is. So maybe he uh, hitting everyone in the head so hard because he's like a human missile. Uh, did a little effect on his head when he gets out there on the field. Well, that's that's probably that's probably true too. I mean, he has given himself a few concussions hitting people. Yeah. Um, I know me personally, when I was hitting people, usually I'm hitting with my shoulder, and that's just because the only thing that ever worried me playing football was being becoming paralyzed. So I knew that the only way for me to do that is if I hit someone with my head down, and it compresses my neck in doing that. Or if it was some freak play. So if I could tackle properly and with my shoulder or have my head up whenever I'm tackling someone or lower my shoulder running the ball, that's going to seriously decrease my chances of having that one specific injury 
um, and not be paralyzed, like a Ryan Shazier. Mm-hmm. That dude's a great player. I know he went to Ohio State and everything, but the one thing I always said about that guy is one day he's going to end up paralyzed because he always leaves with his head, with his head down, hitting people with the crown of his helmet. And that's exactly what happened to him and got him paralyzed. Now, I'm glad that he's made his way back to what he has walking and everything now, but that was the one injury that worried me when I was playing. Mm-hmm. So, but as, I know, sorry, go ahead. As it should uh, worry anyone. Uh, and I, I remember even growing up being a strong safety myself playing that we were taught before all this came to, obviously there's an underlying your neck back things, but if you start launching yourself people with your head down, you don't see where they're at. You miss a lot more tackles. Right. But, um, you know, there's just such a fine line uh, where that's malicious, but it's actually really just kind of bad football. Uh, the shoulder coming through does quite the job, and your hands follow it, your arms, you shoot through it. Uh, but in linebackers, you know, I'm, I'm never, ever, ever going want <laughs> – I want them to hit. But hit the right, right way, absolutely. Right. So, I mean, that's understandable. I mean, he is a difference – he's a difference maker – Difference-making player on defense. He makes plays everywhere. Now, he is starting to be on the back half of his career. Whether or not he's going to be in the NFL again, I imagine that he probably will. Like, I know that this particular um, suspension is being appealed as we mm-hmm. speak um, in front of an independent arbitrator as far as that. So, I don't know as, as far as everything, but I would think that I could see them reducing the suspension from being, you know, the rest of the year without pay to – maybe six games or something. I could be wrong about that, but I could see him definitely doing that. And if he didn't, if they didn't um, reduce the suspension, I could completely see him still playing in the NFL because the kind of player that he is, yes, he might be suspended for a game or two. He might have some dirty plays out there, but he makes so many good plays, it's hard to keep him off the field. Yep. Now, granted, looking over the years, he came to the league in 2013. From 2013... To 2018, he was fined 11 different times, totaling $415,637. And that's not including what's he's gonna, what he's going to get with this particular instance in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, overall, total fines and forfeited salary, he's lost $5.4 million in that time frame. Now, I mean, that's tough. I mean, it's hitting him in his wallet as Absolutely. far as that. So, I mean, whether he wants to stop or not, I don't know, but I would think the fact that he's doing something to affect his money, affect his paycheck, will be enough for him to be like, you know what, I need to try to figure something out because I'm sick of losing money in my pocket that I'm already contractually obligated to receive. I just have to show up and be on the field, but I'm doing stuff to keep myself off the field. So I always say professional athletes, don't do stuff to mess with your money. Whether it's Burfitt, whether it's Antonio Brown and everything he did last, you know, over the last couple of weeks, he lost basically fifty million dollars in guaranteed money in two weeks, which is craziness. But that's all. That's another subject we can talk about another time. But again, back to perfect. He and, also uh, hit Antonio Brown one time. He did <laughs> that same way. I mean, he hit him with the forearm though. So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like that was helmet to helmet. Now, did he have to hit him with the forearm? No. Did he put him out of the game? But yes. he he put him out of the game with it though. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where I don't know. Like he he probably deserves the suspension because he's a repeat offender. He knew he was a repeat offender. He knew that the NFL was viewing him as a repeat offender. And if something else happened, they were probably going to do something to try to set an example so that people going forward wouldn't follow the same path that he did. But And usually people see, seem to show some form of remorse, but after the action took place, 
it didn't look like that. He was really showing any kind of remorse for it. So I think I it's a straight equation. If you lose $5.4 million doing this, you're good enough to still be in the NFL, and you're still doing it, that's him. He's going to do it. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what he is. So, yeah, going forward next year, is he probably going to get fined at some point in time in the future? I would say yes. Is he probably going to have some kind of dirty plays on, in, on the bottom of the pile as he's tackling somebody on the sideline? Probably. And that's just him. And he's probably been that way since he started playing football when he was 10 years old, 11 years old. Usually, people that are like that, they're always like that when they're playing ball. And that's just the aggressiveness or the attitude that they bring to it. That's just how it is. I got two solutions for him. The first one being he needs to take some of that money and wear a neck roll backwards to keep his head up. Problem solved. (laughs) Other one being he's in the state of California now. If he has any NCAA eligibility left, NFL won't take him. Go back and play at USC or college and have his agents pay him. He's good. He has options. That's something to think about for sure. They could all go back yet. Here's eligibility left. Yeah, true, true. So, hey, DJ is actually taking off after this segment. So, I want to thank you for coming out, man. Appreciate it. And, um, you know, hopefully you can come back right. here on the podcast again. And you know, we can talk about, you know, whatever range of topics that come that come to light. So, you know, that's how I am. I like the random topics. Where yeah. my mind goes, we never know. <laughs> for sure, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. See ya. Okay, I want to change it up a little bit. I know on, on my podcast and a lot of things I do talk about revolves around sports, whether it's directly with sports or kind of indirectly with sports. That's what I'm interested in. That's what I love. That's what interests me the most overall, just within life. You know, I am a sports junkie, and I'll admit that 100%. But I also don't want you to think that that's all I will talk about. So I want to talk about something that I've been thinking about for a while and looking at kind of readjusting the finances in the house. And one thing I'm looking at is cable. Currently, I have Spectrum, and I have the bundle package. So I have um, the silver package, and as far as TV, I have Internet, and it's bundled with the voice, which I don't even use the voice. I just did it for the promotion um, because I got a better price on it. Um, Ultimately, I would love to just cut the cord on it, and just go straight streaming. The problem is I love live sports and I hate that when I'm streaming sports a lot of the times um, there'll be a lag or it'll stop playing or it'll pause and I don't like the fact that it's on delay. It just uh, it bothers me. I know it shouldn't but I'm weird like that. I don't want to be seeing an update on my phone about a particular game I'm watching, and then five minutes later, the play happens that I just saw on the internet. I don't want that. And so that's one of the main reasons why I haven't just cut the cord and gone straight streaming, because we really don't watch a lot of random TV in the house. Like, honestly, I wake up, I watch Mike and Mike, or not Mike and Mike, but I watched um, Golik and Wingo in the mornings before I go to work. Sometimes I'll watch part of the news, the local news, uh, to get the weather report and whatnot, and uh, kind of seeing what's happened locally. You know, when I get home in the evenings, usually we watch Family Feud, we watch Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, 
and then it's whatever after that. Sometimes we watch some shows, and sometimes we don't. Maybe The Voice or something like that. But we're not married to any sitcoms or any shows at all. You know, Elena will watch Bravo or E sometimes. Caden will watch, you know, Disney Junior or Nick Junior. He'll watch some shows on that. And that's really it. Sometimes we watch movies every once in a while, but a lot of times, you know, we'll stream something or whatever, but we it's not something that we are married to. We don't have to watch particular sitcoms on TV um, where we need to have cable on a regular basis. So really, it is me and the fact that I enjoy live sports. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to go about it because right now my cable bill went from basically the promotional price of $120 up to like $185 and I just can't justify a 65 to $70 increase in my cable bill just to keep what we have um, obviously I want to make sure Caden has some channels I want to make sure Elena has channels which I think we can probably get through separate apps that's one thing I'm looking into now as far as so they can watch whatever they want um, you know we could probably get an antenna for the local channels uh, and, and whatnot, but it's just that a matter of finding everything that I want for live sports. So when I get to probably the ESPN Plus app, I'm sure there's some kind of Fox app as well, as far as everything and all the local channels that should probably work. But I want to see talk with someone that has done it to see how much it has affected them, and see if they are the kind of sports fan that I am because I love sports. Elena loves sports. Caden loves sports. That is one thing our household absolutely loves is sports. You can sit down. We can put sports all day on the weekend. We will all sit there and watch it all day. So that's a big deal to us. And we like it live. And we don't really want that to change. But I can't justify paying almost $200 for a cable bill. And that's the kind of dilemma that I am in right now. And I'm researching. I'm looking to see what I can do. And... Wanted to cut the cord, and I want to hear from some people on it. Um, hopefully, we can figure out something. I know right now, our TVs that we have, I think two of them are Roku TVs, and we have Roku, the, we have like it's four TVs set up with the Roku, so we can set up with multiple streaming services on our TVs, and that's not a problem. Um, like I said, it really is something where I just need to get past the whole live sports thing you know i do see a commercial saying who has live sports but i've never talked with anybody that's used hulu so i don't know how good they are and if there's another service out there that's better you know whether it's you know ps4 tv or apple tv or whatever that may be you know i'm all for listening and seeing but um i don't know i'm sitting here trying to figure it out on a regular basis so i know the pros for me keeping spectrum would be basically I already know how the current service runs. It has everything I want in the programming. And um, I guess that's really about it. I've always been with Spectrum mostly. Um, I, I've heard decent things about like DirecTV or maybe Dish. Um, but I also like the fact that if it storms, I don't have to worry about my TV going out. I'm weird like that. So um, cons, obviously it's more expensive than I want to pay. And I may have to pay some kind of exit plan fee you know technically i don't have i'm not on a plan so i don't know if that'll really be the case but i'm just trying to think of all options here um 
as far as streaming, it will be overall less expensive. Um, but the con is, you know, sketchy live sports stream. And I don't know. That's like a huge difference maker to me. And it's probably why I haven't pulled the trigger yet. You know, I need to just probably just go ahead and do it and say, this is what I'm going to do and take care of it. Or make it so it's a power play of some sort where it's like, I'm just going to walk away, leave this. I don't need y'all spectrum. You know, you're too expensive. I don't want to deal with it. And if you want my services, you will meet me and figure out a way to get me down to a less expensive price. Um, but that's where I am. So I'm sure other people have run into this same issue. Um, I know I need to talk to my brother. He streams most everything. I told my parents about it. They don't, but, you know, they see where I'm coming from. Um, I just want to make the best decision, and I want to make sure that everybody is entertained the way they want to with the televisions in the house. So... Uh, those are my two to three cents. Hopefully they make sense. Uh, but I want to hear from you if possible. So let me know your thoughts. All right. And our final segment today, as you know, it's called Relax and Take Notes. And we're going to look at a Division Three football program called Grinnell University. They're going to forfeit the rest of their games on its schedule due to too many season injury, or excuse me, season ending or multi-week injuries to its players. Um, currently, they only field 39 players, and so far a total of 11 have already been affected by these injuries. The school put out this statement. This decision is in line with the athletic department's mission, which states that student-athletes benefit from an integrated, co-curricular experience that upholds the academic mission of the college as the department provides individualized and group instruction in a safe environment, celebrates academic excellence, and emphasizes experiential learning. I hope I said that right. The current state of the football team precludes the college from providing a safe environment. The college is unwilling to compromise the health and safety of its players, including the 11 players who, over the course of the first seven weeks of practice and play, will miss some or all of the season. They will forfeit. The forfeits will give the team an 0-10 record this season and a 3-30 record since 2016. So, unfortunately, they had to be in this position. Unfortunately, they couldn't field more players out there. Um, but, you know, it probably is the best for them, you know, and looking out for the rest of the student-athletes out there because, you know, basically they were going to be at a serious disadvantage, which they were already at a disadvantage in the first place by only having 39 players. But by only having 28 players now to try to field a, squ- a squad, offense, defense, special teams, that's just, especially on the college level, that I'd say that's almost impossible for everybody to, you know, to go out there and play. And a lot of players probably going both ways and everything. And then more injuries are going to happen just because of the overuse. So probably the best best decision for the program. You know, I feel sorry for those kids that want to go out there and still play college ball. Um, you know, that is unfortunate. But the program probably made the best decision for the student-athletes. So, um, but... So I thought that was interesting and wanted to bring it to the table. Um, you know, you have any questions, reach out. You know, feel free to leave a voice message on the app, or you can always reach out to um, Franchise1122 on Twitter and Terrell Dwayne 11 on Instagram. Um, you know, episode two is in the books. Uh, I promise we'll keep getting better. We will expand our topics. 
we'll keep talking, keep the discussion going, and um, hope to hear from everybody soon. So as of right now, I'll see you later. Have a good one.